Welcome to Have You Heard, the AABP podcast. My name is Dr. Fred Gingrich. I'm the executive director of AABP. And today we are joined by three guests who are AABP members in private practice. We'll be joined by Drs. Elizabeth Homorowski, John Higgins, and Lynn Aceby. And all of us, including myself, are on the left side of the height bell curve. And being short-statured and working with large animals can create unique challenges. Our guests today will describe some tips that help them in their daily cattle practice. So let's get started. Our first guest is Dr. Elizabeth Homorowski. Elizabeth, do you want to introduce yourself and and tell us uh, uh, your educational background and what you're doing now, please? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Fred. Um, I am a Buckeye by birth, so I grew up on a commercial cow-calf operation in southern Ohio. Uh, Naturally, I made my way to Ohio State for both my undergraduate and my DVM degree, graduated in 2012. After graduation, I practiced for a year in western Iowa before I made my way to the University of Calgary, where I completed a master's and a clinical residency in beef cattle production medicine. Currently, I am a partner veterinarian at Veterinary AgriHealth Services just outside Calgary, Alberta. We are a beef cattle exclusive practice, but within that, we're pretty diversified. So um, we work a lot with cow-calf clients, um, a lot of feedlots, and then do a fair amount of research and teaching as well. Yeah, Airdrie is such a beautiful uh, country, and you also have a, a herd of cattle, right, Elizabeth? Yeah, I do. I have a growing herd of both uh, red simital and red sim angus cows, so um, enjoy spending a lot of time with them, and I, I learn a lot um, from running cows on my own. That helps me with my clientele as well. Absolutely. And today our topic is um, practice tips for short-statured veterinarians. So do you want to go ahead and give us uh, a couple of your tips, Elizabeth? Yeah, for sure. Um, probably the most important tip when you're um, as short as I am is to maintain a good sense of humor. I feel I feel like we should start this podcast out with, "Hi, my name is Elizabeth, and I am five foot one." <laughs> um, so, if there's a short joke out there, I have probably heard it. I think one of the the best ones when I was I was doing a calving and needed a vertical aid, and I consider calving's team sports. I don't think it's um, bad to ever ask for for help or assistance, and so. I just asked, you know, do you have do you have something I could stand on, maybe a bale of hay? And the producer looked at me without missing a beat and said, would you like a round bale or a square bale? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need to be more specific in my request. But um, so a sense of humor definitely goes a long way. Uh, both of the tips I'm going to share with you today are calving related as well. So having short arms breeches can definitely be a struggle. One of the things that I've found to be really helpful is to take an OB wire guide, so that heavy gauge metal with the loops on either end. I I have one of those that I've bent into a U shape, and then I use a carabiner attached to a chain and take that device to uh, – place a chain around a leg, um, ideally below the hock, but sometimes I don't even have that much reach um, where I can get the chain position correctly on the metatarsis. So on occasion, I've had to run it um, over the tibia, and then I have 
uh, once I've got my chain tightened down, I hand that off to the client or the producer. They pull up gently and then usually I can get that calf pushed forward enough and then work that chain down below the hawk. So this allows me to be able to focus on propelling that calf forward. Um, then the, the producer can pull that leg up gently while I use typically both arms because I'm uh, very narrow and can fit most of my upper body in the back end of that cow uh, to then manipulate that back leg and safely bring up the foot so that I'm not creating any tears in the uterus. Uh, 10 cc's of epi has been a lifesaver. So it's uh, either IM or IV. It's very potent tocolytic. And so if you need some uterine relaxation uh, to give you a little bit more room to manipulate those back legs, 10 cc's of epi, I'm sure has been a lifesaver as well. Okay, and how about your C-section tip, Elizabeth? Yeah, so um, the biggest frustration is when you open up that cow and that calf's back, his face is right there, right? And so the legs are completely on the other side of the cow. So I typically don't have enough length in my arm or strength um, to rotate that calf around and properly exteriorize the uterus. Um, just because I don't have a very good handhold. So what I found to be very useful is just one of those cheap plastic letter openers. I run some suture um, through it so that I can kind of have it looped around my wrist and then put the letter opener in my palm. I um, kind of feed it all the way around the uterus until I'm in an area where I think I'm right over the fetlock or maybe the metacarpus. I'll make a simple incision in the uterus only uh, about the width of my hand. And so that allows me to have a nice handhold on that leg and gives me more strength to be able to pull that calf around. So my objective is to not go through the fetal membranes in the amniotic sac because I don't want contaminated fluid leaking into the abdomen of that cow. So it's just for a few seconds to give me that handhold, I can pull that calf around and then typically um, I can then pop that leg out, do my full cut, um, get a chain on and get everything exteriorized before we have that fluid start pulling into the abdomen. That's a great tip, the letter opener tip. And then when you get that foot up uh, and then extend your incision, do you use a blade for that or are you continuing to use your letter opener? I typically do switch to a scalpel at that point, but the letter openers are, are quite um, nice and handy as well. Um, so either would probably work pretty well. Um, another thing that has been really helpful in suturing up the uteruses I found is taking maybe an old S-curve needle and filing down uh, the cutting edge. And I, so it's more, it's, it's designed more like a taper and to, I, do my modified Utrecht suture that way. And so that allows me to kind of pick up speed um, without creating tears in the uterus. Great tips, Elizabeth. Really appreciate you sharing some with us. Uh, I know uh, I am small statured as well. OBs were always uh, uh, challenging for me, especially in the beginning of my career. And so uh, learning tips from your colleagues is a great way to assist you with these things. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. Thanks so much, Fred. Our next guest is Dr. John Higgins. John, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Yes, uh, John Higgins. I'm a uh, farm vet, bovine veterinarian in uh, New Jersey. Um, 
been out uh, 32 years uh, this year from graduated from Penn and about five, five and the Holsteins keep getting taller and, and I haven't. So that's, uh, that's why I'm glad to help talk a little bit today on this. That's right. And John is also a board member from AASRP. AABP has a, a management relationship with AASRP. So maybe one tip, John, is uh, to work with small ruminants, right? <laughs> yeah. I always I tell the farmers, jerseys and sheep, I'm perfect with. <laughs> yeah, I fit that bill. Okay, let's go ahead and kick off your tips, John. Okay, so a, a lot of what I do is, a lot of this is about the back end of the cow course, and what I do is a lot of repro work. Um, and for me, getting, being able to, for palpating, being able to be up not only to do comfortably and not hurt yourself more cows in a day, but importantly, putting embryos or semen in is getting that elevation on the back end so you're not going up and down into the cow. I, you know, grab a, a milk crate or a hay bale uh, or anything like that to get myself, you know, it's always advisable not to get your arm, do work above your shoulder, and that really helps with that. Um, Likewise, with, um, you know, donor cows, flushing cows, having that cow standing on her front end kind of high up tips that back and allows you to maintain the proper angle. So getting that height up in the back uh, is, is a real big help. Um, I think, you know, kind of going from that and if we're getting into any dystocia work, uh, calvings, one thing that's helped me out, I know a lot of people, is if there's farmers that or a person on the farm that can help having a board uh, underneath the cow's abdomen when she's standing and trying to reach a foot or a, a head or, or, or anything, getting that, that abdomen lifted up just a little bit sometimes brings that ear or eye socket or hock uh, just where I can grab it, and then, then it can get go on and proceed with the delivery. Um, so those things help me a lot. Um, a secondary thing uh, with my not only height, but short arms is, um, shorter arms is, uh, on, uh, displaced abomasums. Uh, we were taught at the time, uh, to do a ventral paramedians. And it turns out it's a really preferred method for me, not because just of, uh, familiarity, but it's a lot easier than reaching around some of these big Holstein, uh, rumens to get over to the abomasum, uh, some of these taller cows. So a little bit more work to get the cow up in dorsal but uh, it's a very comfortable procedure and one I, I really like. And that's, that's some of the things that have helped me out as a, uh, a veterinarian that doesn't hit his head on any uh, milk pipelines. That's right. So question, John, when you're using that board under the abdomen of the cow for a calving and she's standing, uh, do you have two folks helping you, one Absolutely. on either end of the board? Okay. Yeah. And then where do you put that? Is it right in front of the udder? Or what, yeah, just in front of the udder a little bit. I've had with, with a single person where they have a, a on the other side of the chute, maybe they can use that as a, a fulcrum uh, and lift up on that. But usually two people and usually like a two by six and just picking it up a little bit in front of the, uh, you know, the umbilicus back to the udder just to kind of push those contents kind of up and back a little bit. And, um, you know, it's only a couple inches, but sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, that's right. And then for your ventral paramedians, one follow-up question. Do you typically sedate those animals? No. And then you roll, roll – you don't. Okay, when you roll them over, do you tie their feet then? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll do yeah. Use the usual casting down with uh, three wraps um, and then tie their feet uh, kind of pulled out uh, – 
uh, to, to either end up on a board. Uh, most of the farms that we're doing it regularly on, um, they're set up for it, and the, the ropes are ready. And I mean, I've got uh, one man and I farm. They'll, they'll have the cow up waiting for me when I get there. So tied up and in good shape. That's right. We love that efficiency. Well, oh, John, yeah. I really, I really want to uh, thank you for sharing these tips uh, with our members. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Fred. Thank you. Our next guest is Dr. Lynn Aceby. Uh Lynn, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about your background in education and what you're doing now. All right. Thank you. I, um, I grew up in northern Indiana. Um, I did not grow up on a farm. Uh, I grew up in a small town um, and got interested in vet med um, around high school uh, when I started uh, working for the local vet in town. And then through FFA and 4-H and um, the vet in town, I kind of really got into the large animal uh, side of things, particularly um, cattle. And went off to Purdue for both my undergrad and vet school and graduated in 08 and um, have worked a couple of places, uh, mixed animal practices mostly. And I have ended up in northern Illinois, um, in Orangeville, Illinois. Um, and I am a partner in my practice, and it is a 50-50 uh, mixed animal practice. I do probably 75% large animal, and the majority of what we do are dairy cows. Um, we're right on the border of Illinois, Wisconsin, and so we have a lot of, a lot of dairy here still. So. That's great. Uh, it's uh, I always like it um, in my own practice when I got to spend more days with cows than small animals. Although I enjoyed both, but that's uh, that's fantastic. So today we're talking about uh, practice tips from the field for our smaller statured veterinarians. Uh, Lynn, go ahead and, and share your first tip. Okay. Well, um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to talk about. You always kind of need to try to be above things. And um, most of the dairy cows in the world today, uh, I am not taller than um, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> um, so one of the big things that, uh, you know, height comes in really handy for is uterine prolapses, because working with gravity helps tremendously versus trying to work against gravity and the uterus and her straining and all that stuff. Um, so I really, really like to use, and I think I actually learned them through AABP practice tips, like at one of the first conferences I went to, um, <laughs> using the ropes and like how to like lay them down, um, just using ropes. You're not even having to necessarily sedate, um, you know, and stuff like that, but just to lay them down so that they are on the ground so you can be taller than they are. <laughs> um, and that way you're always then working with the gravity in, you know, in your favor. And ideally, if you can get them frog-legged, that helps even more because it actually tilts that pelvis down as well. Um, but there are some situations where, like, you're just not in an able, quite able to get them frog legs, but at least if you have them on the grounds versus standing, you're not having to lift that uterus up as high and try to get above it. So um, that's something that I learned early on helps 
tremendously <laughs> if you're shorter. Yeah. So. Ab- absolutely. You know, sometimes I spent more time frogging them than I did uh, punching in the prolapse, but that uh, that definitely helps uh, uh, to get get them down and, and get their legs back. So great tip. And you also had a tip, Lynn. Uh, we were talking about uh, how you approach your abdominal surgeries on cows. Yeah. So I so they they always tell you in in school. You know, you want to make your incision in that little fossa. Um, however. I, I always make sure my incision starts at my shoulder and goes down. So it may not be perfectly centered in that faucet. It may be a little bit on the lower side. Um, but I like to do that because if you make it too high, you're treaching up and then over, um, with your shoulder as well as then having to reach in there and, you know, whether it's a DA or a C-section or, you know, something along those lines. Um, in situations where maybe you can't make it a little bit lower and you have to kind of go a little bit higher, don't be afraid to use like a hay bale. I find those are the um, most sturdy um, and uh, don't get like kicked over, you know, like a stool or something um, to give yourself that little bit of leverage if you need it um, to get lower in the abdomen because those big, Dairy cows, if you're trying to reach down and over and get that rumen out of the way, I mean, it, you sometimes need that little extra leverage by being up on like a hay bale or something. Giant cow, you know, that show cow type body, LDA on a big Holstein. Uh, I did not enjoy doing those too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. and those and you, seem to be the ones who get it. So yes, I know. It's never that little <laughs> short jersey cross that gets it. It's yeah, always the yeah. tall, typey Holstein that gets it. That's, that's <laughs> so true. That's so true. You were also telling me a little bit about uh, you believe that shoulder strength is important. Talk a little bit about that. I do. Um, so I, I'm, I, I work out, I, I enjoy working out. So I do a lot of like lifting and strength type exercising, um, not necessarily like running and, and stuff like that. But I found that when I started doing that, I had less issues with my shoulders when I was doing like um, strengthening exercises in your shoulders. And there's a lot that you can do and you don't necessarily have to lift to get that. Um but, you know, just doing some of those and like shoulder stretches and you can find a bunch of those with like yoga stuff. I find that that has helped my shoulders tremendously um, because being short, you end up using your shoulders a lot more than you realize. Um, and sometimes to your detriment, sometimes um, and honestly, it's probably good for any bovine veterinarian to do shoulder strengthening um, and shoulder stretching because we all use our shoulders quite a bit. But when you're short, you know, those shoulders are getting a little extra <laughs> workout sometimes, especially with palpating and and everything that you're not you're not used to. So doing the strengthening and um, the, the stretching really has, I found, helped I don't have nearly as much um, pain or issues with my shoulders like after a long day that I than I used to when I first started. So that's so true. Uh, I enjoy working out too. I wish I 
found the time when I was in practice, I think I could have saved myself a little bit. But very true that strength and, and stretch are so important for us to take care of our bodies. Those are great tips, Lynn. I want to thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast and sharing some real-world practical tips. Thank you. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Our final tips will be offered by yours truly. Uh, just a couple of things that I learned. Uh, it was in primarily dairy practice, but uh, a few things that I think helped me. One is invest in running boards for your truck uh, and put a foldable stool or something similar in your vet truck. That helps to prevent you uh, getting the side of your truck dirty. And oftentimes the deep part of the pack, if you have running boards there, you can stand on them to get things out of your truck. Sometimes that was one of the big challenges for me. Another thing that I found very useful is that a lot of people like to wear a shoulder protector when they palpate uh, cows or do OBs. I liked uh, the sleeves that had a hole in them and the loop went over your head, um, and that kept the sleeve up a little more, and then I could uh, put a forceps or towel clamp up in my armpit to keep it tight. Uh, it just... If I had to go deeper into the cow due to the length of my arm, that uh, helped keep me a little bit cleaner. And then we heard lots of OB tips today, and I think definitely that OBs and abdominal surgery are probably uh, the most challenging things that smaller-statured people struggle with in practice. Um, you know, and, and it's probably a tip that a lot of uh, older practitioners are aware of, but um, – even producers are not is is that if you have a head back it's it's important to give that good epidural uh elizabeth mentioned giving ep epinephrine that helps but push both of those feet back in a lot of times that'll help you uh reach something on that calf that you can use to pull that head around if both those feet are pushed completely back in uh and elizabeth mentioned using a wire introducer uh for her chain and that works great too, but I will also use that. Sometimes I struggled on my last cut of the fetotomy, the pelvis cut, passing that uh, uh, wire introducer over the pelvis. And I found if I put a chain on it, like a like you would, uh, just to provide some weight, like you would if you were fishing, uh, you can then just drop that chain over the pelvis. And then if you can't reach it, you can ask uh, your uh, someone on your team. Uh, from the from the farm staff or the producer to reach up underneath there and see if they can just grab that uh, that chain that helps and the other thing that helped me was uterine torsions I used to dread uterine torsions when I first started in practice and uh, one of the one of my bosses he was probably six four and he could just flip them uh, with his arm I've never been able to do that and I typically used a detorsion rod. And uh, one of the things that helped me get the calf flipped much quicker was to make sure that I took some extra time to push those chains up further on the leg. Um, it also helps if you can double wrap those, uh, but sometimes that wasn't possible. So you do have to be careful uh, with how much pressure you put on those chains on that calf's leg so you do not injure uh, that, that calf. And then lastly, I'd like to close and just remind our listeners to be considerate and kind regarding the physical characteristic of our fellow colleagues. You know, Elizabeth talked about you have to have a sense of humor. You do. I've heard every short joke there is. But I think we need to just pause and, and say that jokes and remarks about someone's size or any other physical attributes, they're insensitive. Um, mentioning someone's height or weight is probably not appropriate. I have a small statured daughter, and people always comment about her size and assume she is younger than her siblings, and I think we need to just think about how our words affect other people. 
And I'm going to close and say, you know, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. All of our differences make us all better. I hope you all have a great day out there in cattle country. And thanks for listening to Have You Heard.